All right. Um, <clears throat> hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Your Little Sisters Productions Presents Missed Opportunities. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about Sound of Freedom. I have not seen the movie, but Laura has, so she'll do the summary. If you have any um, suggestions for movies or if you just want to connect with us, if you have any opinions, because everybody seems to have an opinion on this film, um, you can reach us at our social medias. We are Your Little Sisters Productions um, on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, we are Your Little Sisters Productions on Facebook and Instagram, and we are uh, YLS underscore productions on Twitter. You can also support us over on Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash Flake. and you can go ahead and check out our podcast here, and you get lots of great behind the scenes and early looks and all that stuff um, when you are a patron over on Patreon. So... Um, go ahead and support us there. And uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to try and listen on Spotify so that we can get our um, sponsorship back. So without further ado, Laura's going to do the recap of the movie. Um, I have not seen this movie. This movie has a very touchy subject matter. So we're going to have to kind of use some, <laughs> uh, I don't know, dance around words, I guess. I think everybody knows is about um that is a too difficult a subject for me to watch in a film and so i was not able to see it (laughs) i can't handle stuff um pertaining to this however laura was able to go see it so she's going to give us a summary and let us know what's going on with this movie so go ahead laura okay so sound of freedom i literally just pulled up the wikipedia for this by the way so i'm going to kind of skim over it Um, and pull out the important parts but it is based off of actually a couple different missions it kind of mushed together (laughs) a few different things but it's based on the life of tim ballard who was in the homeland security investigations where he would arrest people who possessed and distributed child you know what and he eventually realizes that while they've caught a lot of people who making and distributing this content they actually weren't really rescuing a lot of children because he was based solely in the u.s as a u.s agent for homeland security he could really only rescue children who were united states citizens and it was hard to find them outside of the united states like to go and find them it was difficult to make sure that that's the one you found and not other children um Let's see. It's going into a lot of detail in this Wikipedia, and I just want to give a brief summary. So I'm blah, blah, blah. So he basically decides he's working for Homeland Security, and he wants to rescue children. And he actually is able to find and rescue one child named Miguel from being further trafficked and Miguel tells him that his sister was trafficked at the same time as him and they were separated. And he asks him, Tim, if he would find his sister for him. And he gives him this necklace. And the necklace is in Spanish, which Tim speaks Spanish fluently. And he looks at the necklace and it had a scripture from First Timothy, which in Spanish is Timoteo, which is what Tim told the boy. He goes, he's like, hey, I'm Tim. In Spanish, it's Timoteo. And he goes, Timoteo. And he 
takes the necklace off and he's like, look, I have your name on my necklace. And it's a scripture, 1 Timothy 6.11. Uh, and he says, this is the necklace my sister gave me. I'm going to give it to you. Please find her. And so he starts researching and seeing what connections he has that could help. He manages to convince his boss to let him go down to, I believe it's Columbia. Yeah, down to Columbia and see if he can find specifically this little girl. The boss initially says no, but he eventually gives in and says, I'm going to write it off as vacation time for you because legally she's not a U.S. citizen. But you have one week and you have this very small amount of money, small amount for a government operation that is to do it. But while he's down there, his week gets up and his boss calls and says, you need to come home. And Tim says, no. And he said, if you continue down there, know that you're continuing as a private citizen, not a U.S. agent. You'd have to quit your job. So you either come home or you quit your job. And keep in mind, he was less than one year away from being able to collect pension for the rest of his life from Homeland Security. It was something around 10 months or so. It was really, really close. He calls his wife and his wife and he decide together that he is going to quit his job, which is a really big deal because they have six children together at this point. They have more now, but at the time they had six, didn't know how they were going to support them. He, he quit his job and decided to continue looking specifically for this little girl and others in Colombia. He is able to team up with local law enforcement, a person who used to be part of a drug cartel and has changed his ways to helping children and young women out of trafficking. Uh, I think that was, and then uh, someone who is funding the mission now that the government is not doing that. And they are able to go undercover and they take down several traffickers and are able to save several children. In the movie, it says 54 children. Unfortunately, none of those children were the sister that he was looking for. So then they have to pose as doctors from the United Nations and they go into what's known as the rebel territory in Colombia, territory that nobody will go into. Nobody gets into unless they're offering medical care. The police officer from Colombia says he's not allowed to cross the river because then it's rebel territory. He has no authority there or anything. Plus, he has weapons and they'll find him out. So Tim and this person who used to be part of the drug cartel, he goes by Vampiro, like vampire, but in Sp Vampiro. I don't know if that's the word for vampire in Spanish, but that's what it sounds like, <laughs> is vampire in Spanish. Anyway, they are, so Tim and Vampiro go in, they're pretending to be doctors, they're carrying vaccines and other medical equipment, and they say, only one of you can come with us, so Tim volunteers to go with them to this little kind of village and he sees a lot of people um, in the fields gleaning food and armed men standing around there's always constantly armed men standing around because this is rebel territory they have complete control of the area and they're always on guard and he finds the little girl and realizes that it was the head of the rebels that had bought her basically and he's able to rescue her and get her out of the rebel territory and back connected with her dad and her brother and it's a very happy moment and he decides that that's what he's going to do from now on he's going to continue rescuing children there's also an afterward which you can find very easily on youtube so many people have filmed this 
after the movie message because it's just Jim Caviezel who plays Tim Ballard talking about some of the statistics of child you know what and other things and it's really powerful again you can find it on YouTube I think it's more powerful I wanted to wait till I saw the movie to see the message afterward and a lot of people who said they didn't cry during the movie cried during the message and it definitely gets you crying because he's giving you real world statistics and numbers and it's very hard to hear but I think it's really important to hear so that but that's the movie he goes on a mission to rescue first this little boy and then his sister and ends up rescuing 54 other children aside from those two siblings. It's very heartwarming. The children, the child actors who were in this movie were absolutely fantastic, by the way. It makes me a little sad that they had to act so sad and scared majority of the film. They only had a few like minute, minutes of being happy but they did a really good job. And I'm always kind of curious when it comes to really heavy subject matter, what they tell the children, because the, the boy, I don't know how old the actor was, but the boy was seven, eight years old in the movie and his sister was 11. So I just always curious what they actually tell the children when they're that age. Um, instead of the actual truth, because the actual truth, I, I wouldn't want my children acting that out knowing especially what it is but they did really good and this movie was done all the way back in 2017 2018 it, i believe it was written in 2017 and they wrapped production in 2018 so they wrote it shot it all that stuff finished in 2018 and then disney bought out the company which i believe was 20th century fox i think um, so yes i it believe was one yeah, it was one of those. Let's see. Oh, it was a uh, it was made with a Latin American subsidiary of 20th Century Fox. However, they were purchased by Walt Disney Company, which means everything that 20th Century Fox had that they had not yet released yet, Walt Disney Company now owned. Um, they shelved the film for many years until Angel Studios. Um, bought out the distribution rights back from Disney. And so there's a lot of Latin actors in this movie, including the children. The children are actually Latin and they speak Spanish and everything. Um, and so that was, it was really nice to see that because I think some people hearing about the movie, how it takes place in Colombia and Honduras and the, that the villains are Latin themselves because they're in Colombia and Honduras. Um, I think a lot of people might have been given a, giving a little side eye, like, is that how Americans view everybody from Latin America? But it's truly not. The movie does a really good job of showing that there were good people and bad people, no matter the skin color, if that makes sense. Like, there were really good people in Colombia and Honduras trying to help them, as well as bad people. And I think it did a good job of that. Um, and my husband said that the Spanish was really good, although he could tell that Jim Caviezel, who plays Tim Ballard, doesn't actually speak all that much Spanish. <laughs> but I was convinced. <laughs> um, also, really interesting note, Jim Caviezel previously played Jesus Christ in The Passion of the Christ, which I've never seen because I do not do graphic violence. I also know Taya has not seen it because she also doesn't do graphic violence. <laughs> 
but it's really it, it's fun to note that um he played jesus christ he's also edmund dante's in the count of monte cristo from 2002 so those are his two big claim to fames before this so that's well, kind of just a, he has a tv show that he's on that was really yes. popular i don't remember the name person of interest which i have seen and i did not know that he was in that show I thought I recognized him, but I couldn't think of where because I know I haven't seen Passion of the Christ. I'm like, maybe I've seen Count of Monte Cristo, but I don't remember. And then I was going through his IMDb because I was like, I know I've seen his face. Person of interest. I have watched it with my husband. And he's fantastic. He's a fantastic actor. He did really well in Person of Interest. He did really well in this movie. I should see why that how he could do well in those other two roles. And so yeah, that's some that's a lot of background on the movie. It was made by the Latin American subsidiary of 20th Century Fox, specifically. Probably because again, a lot of it took takes place in Latin America. They had to get a lot of Latin actors who spoke Spanish. So that's a lot of background. Now, Tia, yeah. because you haven't seen it, we were gonna do basically where you would ask me questions and I would answer them. Yeah, so um there's been a lot of controversy around this film and I don't really want to get into it. I, you know, here on our channel, we've tried to stay away from political stuff and I don't think that this is a political issue. So left wing, right wing, don't care. We're talking about this movie as a movie and we are talking about the fact that it's based on a true story that it doesn't mean that it's, you know, 100% accurate. It means it's based on a true story. And I don't care about the actors affiliations or anything like that. Like we just want to talk about like, the just movie the and the subject matter. Well, the same yeah. thing when we do Tom Cruise. We didn't talk about Tom Cruise and his association with the religion that he's a part of that I'm not even going to say because we don't yeah. talk about actors' affiliations with things unless it directly affects something or other. Like Tom Cruise's affiliation with that, as far as I know, doesn't stop his movies from being good. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. So that's so just to give background. Like we're not being hypocritical. We truly never talk about stuff like that we go see the movie and we talk about the movie yeah so just i mean all i want to do to address the controversies because i feel like i've seen a lot of the controversies of why you shouldn't go see it or what it means or so i just want to ask does the movie itself not not the interviews with the actor not anything like that does the movie itself imply or state in any way that like hollywood or um, especially American political people are involved with trafficking no. or no. Does, it doesn't say that in the it film. Does it doesn't not say, that. say that. It does not say that. It simply says that there is a hu- that there is a huge problem with that kind of content. You can go back and cut that word out because we can't say it in America and that America is the number one consumer over. It does not point to a specific class of people by any stretch. Um, it also does not say to my remembrance to my knowledge i never heard anyone in the movie say it is elite or a ring rung by elite yes there are rings there are trafficking rings and drug rings in the movie but they never say hollywood elite american elite they never use those words and the ring that they're going after specifically is in honduras slash colombia so it's not even an american ring so when i heard people say that 
I was so confused because I'm like, but they don't, it doesn't take place in America. I mean, part of it, the first part does, but once he goes on the mission to get the girl, it's Colombia and Honduras. And these are not elite people in those countries. These are just people who found out that they could make money doing this and are despicable enough to do it. Like, so that was that when I heard that, I thought that was just interesting that that's what they're painting it as. But no. And then it does the movie um, talk about so uh, Tim Ballard's religious beliefs or um, anything about religion in the movie. They never mention a specific religion. They do say God. I believe God is mentioned three, perhaps four times, but not in a specific you must believe this way or this is the religion way. There are two scripture references it says first timothy 6 11 i don't think they read the scripture but if you read spanish you'll see the necklace and they do a kind of close-up and the only part i could understand was first timothy 6 11 one timoteo because it was mostly numbers and then timoteo yeah <laughs> and then it has part of the scripture or maybe all of it in spanish on there i don't think they say it out loud in the movie though and then they do quote one scripture the scripture is the one where jesus says better that a millstone be placed around your neck and dropped to the bottom of the ocean than you harm one of my little ones that scripture is said and if you have a problem with that scripture out of everything in religion then that's that's fine because that's your belief and your opinion but they don't say it in a way that is trying to convert anybody and they mentioned God a few times. The tagline for the movie is said in the movie, God's children are not for sale. And maybe one or two other times, oh, when God tells you to do something, you do it, is one of the characters says that. But at no point is any specific religion mentioned. It could be any, if you don't believe in God, if you don't like that, replace it with the universe or whatever your higher power is, honestly. But no, it's not trying to get anybody to believe in any specific religion or it's not even trying to get you to believe in god honestly it the characters do but that doesn't mean they're trying to force you to okay um so this is based on a true story and obviously um the they've talked about like what was real there's there's plenty of videos out there to talk about what was taken from true stories and what was um, liberties were taken, right? Um, yes. Do you think that most true stories, I feel like if they're true to the true to life, they're blocky and boring or something, you know, like if you have like a auto um, biopic or something, a lot of times they neander or whatever. Do you think that by taking the liberties that they took, that it was a concise, like well-told story? Or do you think that it, um, because it was based on a true story was um, not told well, I guess? So I only have two criticisms of the film overall that tie into this. I want to say beforehand, I truly think this film as a film, not even mentioning like it could be his own daughter. He's rescuing like taken thinking of it like that. I truly think it's an eight and a half or even nine out of 10. And only because I have two small, tiny little criticisms, tiny, tiny. One of them is Mira Sovino, who plays Tim's wife in the movie, has so little screen time. And I understand it's not her movie. I didn't expect her to be a main person. But there is a conversation, the conversation when he calls her on the phone and says, if I, I can quit and I can save this child and more children, or I can come home now. 
And she just says, so you quit your job and you rescue those children. And that's literally the whole phone conversation. And I just wanted another minute or two of that because it just seemed very sudden. It didn't show a lot of buildup with her. Uh, My second criticism is the runtime. I had heard previous that people were saying it runs a little long and other people were saying, no, I thought it was perfect. I thought it ran a little long. Now, to be fair, it was very well done with tension. There was a lot of, oh my goodness, is he going to find her? Even with me knowing going in that he was going to find her because he found her in real life. I was so anxious for him to finally get to her and get her out of her situation. I felt the movie time. And I don't know if it's because the movie really is long or just because I didn't know how they were going to show him getting her out. And I was just like, come on, come on, find her, find her, find her, find her. Get her out of there already. (laughs) But I I did kind of feel the runtime the last 20 minutes or so. Those are my only two criticisms of it. Other than that, I thought the story was told really well. I think that the liberties they took were only to enhance certain, just like every single movie that's ever made based on a true story or not, you want certain emotions at certain times for the story beat to make sense and to follow the pattern. And I thought that they did that really well. And one of the things they did was, uh, I was reading here on Wikipedia, so who, I don't know if it's true, but it said on Wikipedia that in real life, he actually found her sooner than he did in the movie, but they kind of drew it, drew it out and combined it with another mission that he did in the movie, which again, a lot of based on true story things do if there's multiple people or multiple events, they'll kind of combine things to cut for time. Um, and I, I yeah, thought it was really well. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I thought it flowed really well. Again, aside from the phone conversation, I thought we just needed just one more minute or even 30 seconds to to that phone call and then um, the runtime near the end. But I was just so anxious for him to find her. But at the same time, it really played into the emotions of intensity of it's kind of like a thriller almost of you're so anxious to see how it's going to play out and how it's going to end. And you really feel that. And I, I thought it went on for a few minutes too long for my comfort, but that I still thought it was a good movie. I still walked out and happy to, that I saw it. And I didn't think it was a bad movie. And then the message after the end, of course, again, that adds to the runtime, but I think it's well worth staying for. Okay. And then um, Tim Ballard is known. He films um a lot of his operations and takedowns and stuff like that um mm-hmm. was there any actual footage used in the film yes real life footage yes so at the beginning this is not tim bauer's footage at the beginning but at the beginning they show real footage caught on security cameras of children being taken that was the hardest part of the entire movie for me i will be honest i didn't i was like oh my goodness what have i done I'm going to be a wreck. This I might have to walk out if the entire movie is like that. It is not like that the entire movie. Thank heavens. They did such a good job balancing the real life horrors of what happened to these children and what continues to happen to people in this in the in their place 
but not making it graphic or overly anything. But the so the footage at the beginning was the hardest for me because it was real life security f- camera footage of children being taken. That was difficult. It made me want to become a black belt in every single martial art there is immediately. <laughs> I was sitting there planning, okay, I'm going to start taking jujitsu and Krav Maga and karate. The end, at the very end of the movie, they do a close-up on Jim Caviezel's face, and then it transforms into Tim Ballard's face, and then they show real-life footage of Tim and his operators rescuing children. And I want to say there is an island in this movie that's where they lure l-u-r-e how do you say that word lure 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 that's where they get all the traffickers and children okay they get an island and they they get them out there um and that's where the raid goes down that's where the colombian police come and arrest the traffickers and tim and his undercover operators it looks real and rescue the children in the the footage, the real footage at the end, they show, I think it's that same operation because it looked like it was an, them pulling up on boats to an island. You see Tim and a bunch of other people get arrested. They blur children's faces. They even blur the faces of some of the people who, other people who were arrested. Um, they show a bit more footage. I can't remember the specifics of what, what footage they show, but it's maybe a minute or so of actual footage of people being caught and being arrested and children being rescued. So yeah, some of the footage is in there. It's not a whole lot. It's maybe a minute or two, but it's there. And it's actually kind of happy to see because it's of the children being rescued. Unlike the beginning footage, which I'm understand why they did it, but I'm, I'm mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So I've actually seen, Tim Ballard speak before he spoke at Time Out for Women, which I'm a volunteer for. Um, and he showed the footage, um, you know, obviously of, of what they could show of the specific rescue and the the term, the title Sound of Freedom um, comes from the in the footage that we saw at Time Out for Women. Um, they you could hear the children singing and laughing and being so happy and joyous or whatever. That's where the title sound of freedom comes from is from that, um, that the sound of the kids. Was that in the movie at all? Yes. They, they rescue these children on the Island and the children start singing and kind of drumming with their hands and whatnot. And Tim and Vampiro are standing a little ways off while the volunteers for the children are there to, to kind of, yeah, they're with the children anyway but tim is sad because they didn't find the girl on the island they rescued 54 kids but none of them were her and he was sad about that and vampiro says but listen to the children listen to their songs that's the sound of freedom okay. so they they and say that in the movie they do say the title in the movie whether you think it's cheesy or not it's i to have the title I, the movie. Movie. <laughs> you love I kind of do too honestly <laughs> and it was really I mean even just talking about it like I'm tearing up I have goosebumps all that kind of stuff because it really was such a beautiful moment to realize that all these children yes it wasn't the one who was looking for but all these children were were rescued and no longer had to go back to that life could go back home to their family or to a place that was going to take care of them um oh Oh, I wanted to say something really fast. I know we didn't want to touch on some of the 
stuff surrounding it. I just wanted to mention that that website or I don't know if it's a website or if it's a person. I truly don't know anything about whatever they're saying that there's ties to. I know zero about it, except this one fact that this story took place in 2013, 2014 era. That's when Tim Ballard started Operation Underground Railroad. In 2014, the news sites, the news like NBC and ABC and even CNN and all those places were reporting on the mission that Tim and his company had done and how many children they rescued. They were reporting on it back in 2014. Whatever people are saying is tied to this movie, which I haven't even looked into because it wasn't in the movie. So I didn't care that started. The only facts I know about it is that it started in somewhere 2017 or 2018 after the movie was already written and being shot shot as in you know filming so that's all i want to say on it just so people can check their facts about that yeah (laughs) it was done before whatever that thing is was even in existence so again kind of another weird thing that people are tying the movie to not the actors or whatever i don't care about that but the movie itself too just fyi for everybody out there i did that that's all the digging i did on it to be fair, though, because I just it wasn't in the movie, so I didn't care to learn more. Um, it's Tim Ballard has said that there was another mission that was happening at the same time um, that they could have done more in the movie that they decided to just kind of cut out and focus on the the two children, the the brother and sister. Do you feel like that was a good idea to keep with this simple story, or do you? Did you wish that they had added in the additional um, raid that happened that same time? I think that it was a good decision because simple stories told well are the best because we had time with this brother and sister before they get taken from their dad. We get time to see them with each other, with their dad on their way to the place we get to see them as they're being moved from place to place and then separated. We have an emotional connection with these children. And that's why, even though we, you get really, really happy for all the other children who are rescued, you you really do feel joy, but you also just like Tim in the movie, you feel so sad. But that one little girl that we know that we met earlier in the movie that he's going after isn't there. And you feel genuinely sad because while you're happy, all these other children are rescued. You don't have that same connection with her or even, yeah, you don't have the same connection with the other children as you do with her. That's what I was trying to say. So I actually think it was really well done because the, it was more personal. You had to, you had more time to feel connected to this brother and sister. If you had more children in the movie, the movie is already long. I kind of touched on that already. If you had more children, it would be so long to try and emotionally connect with each individual child. And I think the impact would not have been as impactful because it helps in a story to feel emotionally connected to the characters that you're supposed to care about. And so I thought it. I thought that they made the right choice for that to help us see each child as individuals, and especially to give us the story of the two siblings to be the example yeah. of all the the lives of these other children. 
So I thought that was good. I have heard rumors, and I actually don't know if it's true, but the rumor is that they're planning on making another movie about some of his other missions. There, uh, as well as Jim Caviezel and Mel Gibson are going to do a sequel to Passion of the Christ about Christ's resurrection. So Jim Caviezel is a high-in-demand actor right now. <laughs> um, so... One last question that I have. Well, it's kind of a two-part. Um, so, according to Tim Ballard, um, the action scenes were amped up to make him look cooler than he really was. Those are those are his words. <laughs> um, um, did the action scenes work? Did they seem like too outlandish, or did they did were they believable um, in a, something that's supposed to be like a real world or uh, based on a true story? So there are very few action scenes in this movie. I've heard people call it an action adventure. There's so little action. It's more of a mystery. Not a thr- I keep saying thriller, but that's not the word. Um, suspense. There we go. It's a very suspenseful movie. Okay. Very suspenseful. There's very little action in it. And one of, one of the only times that I can think of there being action is... Uh, I don't think it was overly done. I don't think it was that this can't happen in real life, but you don't even see the entirety of it. You hear some of it because some of it happens in front of a child and it's, it's a good scene. Like Tim tells the child, close your eyes. So you don't see what happens next, but like most children do, they open their eyes a couple times <laughs> to see what's going on. Cause you hear stuff. So part of the scene, the child has her eyes closed. And so the camera is black you just hear what's going on and then the child opens your eyes and so the camera opens it. So you're looking at it from the child's perspective for part of it, not the whole thing, but a good chunk of it. And it was Tim going one-on-one against another guy. I did not think it was, um, whatchamacallit, whatever words you use. I didn't think it was too puffed up. I thought it was realistic for the most part. The, only thing is Jim Tim Ballard is a massive, massive muscular person. Holy freaking dang. Okay. Like I did not realize until I saw him kind of standing next to other guys, just how big and broad shouldered he is and how much muscle he has. They had that kind of a guy playing the guy that Tim goes, the actor Jim Caviezel goes up against in the movie. And so Jim Caviezel, he had muscle for the movie, but nowhere near Tim Ballard standards. And so I'm watching it, and I guess the only part, it was like, okay, I want Tim to win, but he has, like, less body mass than this person he's going up against. But then I was like, if I think of actual Tim Ballard going up against this guy, they're a lot more evenly matched. And so... That was a bit easier. But they kind of even go into... Like, they are a pretty even match in the movie, with the parts that you see, honestly. Um, and you're so happy. Honestly, you you just want this guy taken out by Tim. You really, at this point in the movie, you really want this guy gone. And so you're just happy to see Tim finally kicking his butt. And I honestly wish we had seen more of it. Like I was mad when the girl closed her eyes and the camera went off. I'm like, what do you mean? We can see it. We're adults. Let us see the accent. Um, but there's not, a, there's not a whole lot of action in this movie. But I do understand what he means by they made him look more brave than he is because there's a lot of times when he really does have to be 
very brave. Like when he has to leave Vampiro behind and go into rebel territory by himself. I have no idea if that's what actually happened in real life, but in the movie, that's what happens. And he, you have to be very brave because you have a bunch of guys. You're surrounded by guys with guns pointed at your head and then choosing to make that decision. And there were a few other times when he had guns pointed at his head or other stuff going on. And so I understand what he means by it makes him look braver than he is in real life. But I'm sure in real life he looks brave on the outside and just feels terrified inside. But because we're watching a movie and we're watching Jim's face and he's around these bad guys, he has to act a certain way. And so I thought he did a good job of, you know, when the bad guys weren't looking, kind of see maybe that fear or that sadness but when they're looking at him or he's having to engage with them he puts the mask on again and i thought jim caviezel did a really good job of that yeah so one of the times what that tim ballard has said that he looks a lot braver is actually during the phone conversation with his wife that you said was too short um so apparently that conversation was pretty long in real life and tim called his wife basically hoping that she would tell him to come home. (laughs) And she, of course, didn't. Um, And she encouraged him and said she would live in a tent if that is what it took, you know. And and, um, that conversation was actually really long of him saying, I don't want to quit my job or, you know, like I have six kids to take care of. And and basically he wanted her to he wanted her to tell him to come home and because he was scared. And um, she was like the brave one. You know, he keeps he he iterates in interviews and stuff she was the brave one and you know called me out and gave me basically the strength to to do what he did and to quit his job and to to rescue the kids so it's funny that you say that that conversation was too short because in real life it wasn't and and according to tim ballard it was to make him look braver um than than he really was in in real life in that conversation um so I think that's pretty much all that the questions that I have. Um, I, I would encourage everybody <laughs> to that can, obviously I can't, so I don't want to be a hypocrite and be like, go see the film when I can't. Um, the subject matter is a little too close to um, experiences, not with me, but with people that I know. So it's a little too close to home. So I can't, um, I can't handle that. My imagination is way too, like, even if they don't show anything, my imagination is way um, too vivid (laughs) to handle that. Um, If you want to support Tim Ballard's, um, the Underground Railroad, you can, you can do that through all of their social media. They're very easy to find. Angel Studios has, um, if you go to Angel Studios website, they have um, links and everything. If you don't want to support him or support underground railroad there are lots of other um trafficking or anti-trafficking organizations that you can go to here in arizona there is one um called um project 25 and that is specifically to arizona and it is headed up by um kathleen Wynn. um she's the director and that's specifically in arizona again project 25 you can uh, Google them. Ashton Kutcher, I don't remember what the name of his... Um, Let me Google what Ashton Kutcher's name is because he has spoken out for a long time yeah, against he, he, um, trafficking. And um, I think, he, he's, his, I think yeah, he, his company has been hired 
government and by a lot of different places to to help in this situation. So if you don't want to support Underground Railroad for whatever reason, there are plenty of places that you can help stop this. And whether you think the statistics are overblown or not. One child is too many to be one person is too many to be in the position of people who really are. Um, just also want to say that nowhere in the movie or in the afterward, nowhere do they mention Operation Underground Railroad. At no point is it said. At no point is it, do they ask for donations to that organization. Nothing. They do not tie Operation Underground Railroad as it is today to the movie. They just say watch the movie, learn, do your research on how you can help. They don't yeah, name a specific they, organization. And there's tons of them out there. There's a girl on TikTok who just, she was a volunteer, headed up a project where they find, they basically um, pose as teenage girls and catfish um, traffickers. And they have caught tons of people and they work with the police and that's, she's just on TikTok, you know? And um, so you can look on any social media, just Google it or. Um, and <laughs> or I, found Ashley Kutcher's, I found Ashley What is that one? Thorn, T-H-O-R-N. The co-founders are Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore. They learned about the issue of child, you know what, from a documentary and they started it. Um, so it's called thorn.org is the website for them. Um, I also want to say, uh, I just want to touch on a couple other things that I've heard. People say that they don't want to support the movie because of it. I kind of want to touch on it a little bit. Okay. One of them is the fact that they have heard Operation Underground Railroad doesn't provide aftercare services to the children. And so even though the movie touches on a real thing they don't like that it's touching that it's taking from tim ballard and his life because they don't believe that they provide aftercare services they do partner with many organizations that help provide aftercare i believe he has said that they that at the beginning they did what they could but they didn't have necessary tools or knowledge on how best to provide aftercare and they've learned over the years and now they partner with benny and I think some people are going to be like, well, look, see, like he, he didn't do proper aftercare for a long time. But just like a person, a company is made up of human beings and you learn and you grow and they learned and they grew from that. And they truly try to um, make sure that they know how many children are going to be rescued from any given operation and that whoever they're handing the children off to for aftercare is one, a safe place for them with the services they need and to has enough space for the children that they are anticipating having at the end of the operation saving at the end of the operation i didn't i just wanted to mention that because some people were mad that it was focusing on tim ballard because they say well he just rescues the children but then puts them back out onto the streets and from what I have been able to research, they do partner with aftercare services and they do a much better job now of making sure of understanding how many children are going to be saved and making sure that there's a place for them to go. Because I guess that was one of the issues before was that they wouldn't always know how many children were going to be there. And so it was hard to find aftercare 
Um, and sometimes they were, weren't enough spaces for all those kids, unfortunately. They've learned, they've grown, they know now much better how to talk and how to get to the places and the people they need to get to to learn more information before going in and before finishing the mission. Um, the other thing I've already also touched on, that weird website or person, whatever the heck it is, and the actor's ties to it or something. It's not in the movie. The movie was done before that even happened. So the movie itself has nothing to do with that. I sounded really cynical and condescending right then. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm just annoyed that people keep mentioning it when the movie does not mention it. <laughs> like The movie doesn't say it ever at all. And. Um, also the subject matter I was surprised that I was able to get through the whole movie as well as I did I thought I would cry a lot more I cried but not as much as I thought I would <laughs> um, and I think it was partially because the movie did a really good job of not showing anything graphically of not exploiting any of their child actors whatsoever um, it does leave a, a lot up to your imagination so do have that warning um, that you might have to, if you are someone who can imagine really terrible things, but you want to see it, uh, because again, it is tastefully done, you might just have to shut off that part of your brain, work really hard to to do that. Uh, what else? Take tissues. Even if you're not a person who cries or think you don't cry a lot, take tissues because you're at least one scene will make you cry. If <laughs> The end message, if nothing else. Um, if you cannot buy tickets on your own, if being able to purchase tickets is stopping you from seeing the movie. You can go to angelstudios.com or, and you can get tickets for free given to you because people are doing a pay it forward program through angel studios where they pay it forward, pay for other people's tickets to go see this movie. So if you cannot pay for the tickets, you can still get tickets to see it. If you can pay for tickets and more and you want to help people get to the movie you can pay it forward if it's not showing in a theater near you and you want it to because you want to see it call your theaters call whoever you can figure out distributes movies to your local theaters or whoever's nearby and see if they can get sound of freedom at least for a weekend over to you and internationally they have said angel studios has said that international dates are coming soon they're working on it i think there might be a couple theaters in Canada showing it right now possibly I can't remember if it was Canada or if it was just somewhere close to Canada um and that's all the information I have I'm not an expert by any means but that was a lot <laughs> so um one other thing that specifically on TikTok a lot of people have been showing that AMC theaters um have and people are calling it a conspiracy but there have been enough videos of independent people saying that amc does not want to show this movie <laughs> um because they keep having air conditioning go out they've had lights go out and they have completely the movie has completely shut off or the sound has been bad people all over the country have been reporting this in in amc theaters um, and what they're recommending that you do is to, they, they're offering refunds. Don't take the refund, take the ticket voucher and see it at a different time. Um, because if you get the refund that, that comes away from the movie's box office, um, not from the theater. 
Whereas if you take the voucher, it comes from the theater. And it, and I would say that for any movie, like if you ever go to a movie and the air conditioning is out or the movie doesn't go or something. I remember when I saw Quest for Camelot when I was a kid, the film actually burned in front of us. Um, <laughs> so Dang. like always, always take the voucher um, because it doesn't come out because like, it's the theater's fault. It's the theater's fault. It's not the movie's fault. Um that their that their film burned or that the AC went out or anything like that. So for any movie, if that's happening to you, whether it's conspiracy or not, like just know, take the voucher. the The theater is the one that is responsible for making sure that you have a good theater going experience. So um, that's all I kind of want to say about that. <laughs> whether or not it's AMC's um, being <laughs> really messed up or they just didn't plan for how popular this movie was going to be. So they put it in like their smaller theaters and then they got packed and then the AC doesn't work. So, you know, that's totally possible. Um, but if it is a complete conspiracy theory and they just don't want people seeing the movie either way, I just say just, you know, take the voucher because it is their theater's responsibility. Um, yeah, I and saw then, I'm not an AMC and it I the theater was crowded crowded and I turned to Jonathan I'm like do you feel warm he did not feel warm I felt super warm but I honestly think that it's because it has been so long since we have sat in a movie theater that was that crowded and not been we usually get seats right in front of you know that bar the bars thing yeah um, which are behind the wheelchair seats we usually get those seats and then so we can put our feet up on the bars everybody does it it was almost sold out by the time we got there so we got seats kind of right in the middle of the crowd and i honestly think it's just been so long since i've been in a movie theater in the middle of that big a crowd without some air in front of me because <laughs> of the bars <laughs> that i just got warm just because of that i didn't feel like the ac was out or anything it just felt like this is what well, they, feels like yeah, the theaters have come and like managers have come into the theaters. There's videos all over TikTok of managers coming in and saying, the AC is broken. We're going to refund your tickets. And um, which if you're ever in a movie and the, <laughs> something happens again, it's the theater's fault. They should be responsible, not the person, not the studio, not the, the, not the studio that made the movie. <laughs> so always go for the voucher. And um, other than that, I like we said, I don't really care about the affiliations of actors. If I care too much about the affiliations of actors, there's very few movies I would ever be able to see. Um, but I also want to just say, um, if you want to help, like if you don't want to support this film, but you want to help with the what's going on and you want the real statistics, like the the government's website has the statistics on it you can do that research just google it it's there um you can also help with aftercare um if you you know don't want to support like you don't want to have to do the research into which <laughs> which foundation you want to give money to or you don't have money to give or whatever you can help with aftercare there's a lot of programs in our neighborhood um <clears throat> in arizona that um take in donations and help kids who are being rescued um they um do school supplies and hygiene kits and clothing find it in your area there are plenty of places just google you know where you're from and um aftercare for trafficked children or anything like that um there's different programs just all over everywhere so you can definitely be involved without having to go out and rescue people, without having to bring a child into your home or without having to put up money. Like there's so many different things you can do to 
help with this effort. Um, and spreading awareness is a big deal because um, what, when people think that this isn't happening, it is. We know that. The government admits that. Everybody admits that. Even the people who are calling this a conspiracy theory admit that it's happening. They just want it to they say the, the numbers are being out of proportion. One child is enough. <laughs> One person is enough to get everybody involved and to everybody should have a problem with that. So no matter what your political affiliations, <laughs> and that's why even though I couldn't watch this movie because of the subject matter, I really want to support it. And I want to support it in a way that is not, you know, making people choose sides in a political argument or making people think that it's all christian or faith-based in any way um i want to just support people who are doing good and stopping trafficking so if you don't want to support this particular thing there are other things you can do um and i think it's important to talk about because right now we have the opportunity where everybody's talking about it that we can raise a lot of awareness and do a lot of good so if you really just hate Tim Ballard or you hate Jen Cave uh, Jim Caviezel, whatever, find other organizations that do this, that you do support, or aftercare programs that you support or whatever, and bring awareness to those companies. Um, if you do support Tim Ballard and you do support, you know, um, underground Operation Underground Railroad, then spread the word and um, come together and stop trying to make this a left versus right or any political affiliations. This is not, this covers all religions, all people, all um, ethnic groups, all um, socioeconomical uh, groups, groups and status and everything like that. Like it covers well everything. The movie so, Taken also covers the same topic. I mean, albeit his daughter is older, she's about 16 or 17. But it covers the same topic, but because it's more of an action-based movie, I think people were aware that it happened, but didn't feel the need to get up and do anything about it. I mean, some people probably did. I'm not trying to say that, but this movie is very much made specifically to be a call to action. And it does not call you to action to any specific organization, just what's happening in general. Just like what you're saying, find a place that you feel good about supporting and support them. Um, so this movie was very much made specifically to be a call to action. Unlike Taken, yeah. which is a good movie. I love the first Taken movie. I've been wanting to rewatch it actually because of Sound of Freedom. I'm like, I want to watch that one with Liam Neeson because in this one we get to see and beat up the bad guys more than we saw in Sound of Freedom, <laughs> and I want to see that. I'm not a violent person. I just don't like bad people who do stuff like this. But um, yeah, I think because Taken took more of the action movie route, and this movie takes more of a call to action, very personal route, especially with the s statistics they give at the end. One of those statistics. I want to say it was in the movie. I think it, I remember it being in, at the end, at the message of the movie, was that the consumption of the the type of content on the internet, this type of content, went up 5,000% in the last few years. 5,000% on people's computers or in their cell phones and whatever other devices are connected to the internet. Um. Angel Studios themselves said that they wanted 2 million people 
or 2 million tickets bought and 2 million people to see the movie to represent the 2 million children in the last year who've been, who or the 2 million children who at that point in time, they were aware of being trafficked because at any given time, there are millions being trafficked or being in slavery. If you're not aware of the fact that slavery is still an ongoing issue in today's world, there are ways to research other countries and see forms of slavery. However, the type of slavery that this movie talks about often involves very young children, unfortunately, and that's what this movie focuses on. And so at any given time, there were 2 million children enslaved in that type of slavery with millions more in other types of slavery. And I think it's really important that we are aware that this is happening and that we are able to do something Whatever you can do, do it. In the America, we're very privileged in many ways. In a lot of the Western world, we're very privileged. But there are still things that we can do. And there are still things that are happening right under our noses that we can have a voice in stopping in some way or another. And the more awareness and the more correct information that is out there for people to have and know, the more afraid people who do this should be because they know that people are more aware of how it goes down and what to look for. And so it becomes harder for them to get away with it. And that's exactly what we should strive for in society. It should be so difficult to be able to take anybody's child away from them or to take any person away from their family and put them in a situation that is bad. And unfortunately right now it's a little too easy for some of these people. And so that those are the couple of statistics I can remember um, the two million I don't think is in the movie. I think that was just the studio. The five thousand percent, I believe, was in the after message. Um, he might have given other statistics in it, but I don't remember which ones are in the movie and which ones I've just learned. So I'll leave it there, and you can research more um on your own if you feel the need to. But it's absolutely shocking the a number of people who are in this situation today, right now, as we speak. So, again, just a call to action, and that action does not have to be grandiose. It can be simply not allowing this um, this conversation to end. So bring it up on your social medias. That's free. Um, and, again, try and keep the political ideologies out of it because this goes all the way across the board. Um, but you can, I mean, you can share, you can look at those organizations and if you can't donate because you're not financially capable of doing that, you can spread awareness, um, by helping them with their socials. Anytime they post on their social media, repost it, um, and help get the word out of what people can do and where people can go. And that's how, that's how it reaches the right people and the people that do have the means or the time to spend or whatever is by, little things like you posting on your social media. That's as simple, you know, it's as simple as it gets. It doesn't take more than a click, you know? Um, so everybody who wants to see this movie, um, Laura recommends it. I'm not going to recommend it because I didn't watch it. Um, but I will recommend um, spreading the, the message of it and the call to action. Um, and then, if you have, do you have any other final thoughts, Laura, or? There are some YouTubers who have been able to give some really completely impartial 
review impartial meaning that they don't mention either political side for which i'm grave so there are some youtubers one of them i want to mention is jeremy johns j-a-h-n-s i believe is how you spell his last name he people were actually surprised he gave any anything to this movie i guess because they thought he has stayed so impartial on everything apparently i've only seen like four of his movie reviews but he has like a five to six minute non-spoiler review of sound of freedom up on his youtube you can watch if you don't believe us (laughs) or if you feel like we're being too partial or whatnot he's a very impartial person a lot of his fan base was happy but surprised he covered it and I think that's actually a good sign because it showed that it really is not an issue for any one group to have a hold on, honestly. So he put out a video, a, a review. There are others. I cannot remember their names right now, but I'm sure if you look up on YouTube and it'll say in the title if they're being partial or not, to be frank. I've seen a lot of titles. I keep getting recommended titles that I'm just a little upset about because they call out people i don't like that so if you don't trust us if you think we're being too partial or too one-sided there are other impartial reviews out there on the internet for you to watch or read and um so that you can you know not just trust us but trust other people as well (laughs) so um yeah so that's everything uh thank you guys for listening to us and let us know your thoughts on any of our social media, we are Your Little Sisters Productions on Facebook and Instagram. We are YLS underscore productions on Twitter. And if you'd like to support us so that we can uh, continue doing this podcast and get better equipment and all that stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash Flake. That's T-A-I-A-J-O-Y-F-L-A-K-E. And click on the podcast here. It has our blue logo. We have one for our YouTube channel and one for this podcast so you can uh support us there so thank you guys so much i'm taya i'm laura bye bye